Hi folks and welcome to my review of the May 8th 2018 edition of WWE Smackdown Live. As ever with these videos, if you are enjoying all my reviews of the wrestling stuff, please make sure you hit the subscribe and like buttons over on YouTube and leave a five star rating and review if you're listening over on iTunes. Or even if you're not, you could just go over there and leave the review. Kev's not going to mind. Um, how are we all on this fine day? Um... As ever, we're doing this live on YouTube and then it's going to be available for replay elsewhere. So we'll go through my thoughts on what happened on last night's WWE Smackdown Live and then there'll be some time at the end. For those of you who are watching live to have your say too. And if you're not watching live, you can use the comments section or tweet at me at Lelujo to have your say on what you thought of last night's wrestling. And see, we've got Jack and Scott in already. Good afternoon to you both. Right. Last night's SmackDown Live. It's, I mean, this is going to be a relatively quick, relatively quick review. I think it was a pretty straightforward show. Um, Paige came out and somehow, despite saying backlash was smashing, I think was the word she used, managed to not get herself booed. The crowd were really into her, and she then said something really dumb, and they didn't seem to know what to do. And it was just kind of a muffled. You could tell, you could hear how many thousand people are in the arena just saying to their mate next to them. Should we boo her now? Is this a heel turn? Because obviously they don't genuinely think that this was any good. Um, but it was all to just... It was kind of a meaningless opening, just explaining the stuff that was explained the night before on Raw. Money in the Bank is, what, five weeks away, six weeks away. We've got yay amount of qualifying matches, and these are the ones that we've got coming up tonight. And that was then pretty much the story of the rest of the show. There's not much in the way of actual storyline going on certainly not that was addressed in these matches we got little mini backstage segments from AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura complete with AJ Styles with a massive bruise on his face from where he got hit with the chair at Backlash so that story didn't really move anywhere the Daniel Bryan big cast story didn't really move anywhere although I guess they were trying to tell that story through the main event without big cast actually being there and we got a little bit of a continuation, I guess, of a few other little fairly meaningless stories anyway that kind of just feel like little TV feuds that probably aren't ever going to have any impact on pay-per-views, I imagine. Um, but we kick things off with the first qualifying match, The Miz versus Jeff Hardy. And The Miz defeated Jeff Hardy to be the first qualifier from SmackDown for the Money in the Bank match. And I'll tell you what, these last two matches from The Miz, he's looked really good. To be fair, he was against Seth Rollins and Jeff Hardy. So they're both good wrestlers. So it might just be that he's now at that point where if he's up against a good wrestler, he can have a good match. He's not dragging people down to a poor level. But I I wouldn't be upset based on the massive absence of heels anywhere in the company, really. I wouldn't be that upset to see the Miz win Money in the Bank. And have that be the way you set up your Daniel Bryan feud later on down the road. Because um, Daniel Bryan's going to need a major recovery job based on presumably based on what went on later in the show and presumably the fact that he's going to continue getting beaten down by Big Cass. I guess that's just to keep him busy. Maybe with a view to The Miz versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, maybe later in the year. But certainly based on... 
based on what I've seen so far of the four people who've qualified, I, I don't think anyone from Raw is winning. So there's no point in anyone on Raw having the money in the bank because Brock's never there to cash in on. So what's the point? It just it really draws attention to the fact that the champion's not there if the money in the bank is there and there's no champion to cash in on. So it's got to be a SmackDown winner. If Daniel Bryan's not in it, then it's got to be The Miz. I think The Miz wins. And then probably cashes in fairly soon. Maybe even when the two low-blow experts have hit each other in the balls again and he can just step in and pin them both at the same time. I genuinely don't care. I'm not done with the low-blow nonsense. But, um, yeah, the Miz, the Miz looked very good. He's in the match. It keeps Jeff Hardy out of the match so we can have an actual mid-card title feud and have some other matches that appear on the card. So it's a bit of a shame that they're having a big ladder match that Jeff Hardy's not going to be a part of. But as I said yesterday with the Raw review, we all know how these things work. Just because Jeff Hardy's lost his qualifying match doesn't mean he's not in the match. It just means he's not in the match yet because we all, there'll be second chance nonsense and all sorts of things that would come up yet. Um we then had Charlotte Flair against Peyton Royce to qualify for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, I never, I've never really understood why Peyton Royce is the one out of the Iconics who gets the push as the wrestler. I guess because Billy Kay's a better talker, but I, I don't really get what Peyton Royce is for. She's not very good in the ring. She's not as good as her mate on the mic. I kind of feel like she's just a little bit of an extra. And you may as well just focus on Billy Kay improving in the ring because she is fantastic on the mic. And if you improve her in-ring skills by letting her wrestle some matches, then then you might actually have a proper, like, decent-level women's wrestler on your hands. As it was, if Charlotte had lost this, she may as well have just packed up and gone home. Um, she made harder work of it than she probably should have done, but has picked up the win, is in the money in the bank. Similar to how I don't see anyone from Raw winning the men's match, I just don't see a SmackDown Women's Money in the Bank winner because any of the... I mean, Carmella's already a very weak champion to then have to then have someone just be able to cash in our, on our at will. If For example, if Charlotte won Money in the Bank, which she's not going to because it'll be someone from Raw, but if Charlotte won Money in the Bank, she would surely just cash in immediately and say, right... Carmella, I'm coming for you out the back now. I'm just going to pin you where you stand. And there's no way for Carmella to cheat and get out of it. So she's in the match, but it's a fairly pointless match, I think, for the SmackDown women. So I don't see how any of them are going to win it. At least, I guess it means we're not going to get a women's title match at the pay-per-view. Maybe? I don't know. Um, let's let's have a look to see how we're getting on with the chat. The chat's getting very busy, actually. Um, Jack agrees that the biggest heel turn in the business is saying backlash was good. Yeah, that's what I thought was happening. He also agrees that the Miz is winning money in the bank. Scott says Rusev to win money in the bank. I mean, they've been really stop-start on this Rusev push, but if they're now having him beat Daniel Bryan, maybe. Um, Paul says they seem to be trying to keep the Miz and Daniel Bryan away from each other. Yeah, I think they are, and I think that's right. I think you should keep them away from each other until you don't want to just give it away on TV because it, it's the big feud that's been building for, what, two years? That needs to be on a major big four pay-per-view. Um, Sophie agrees Miz to win. Jack says Miz wins. Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura slash AJ at SummerSlam. Daniel Bryan wins. Miz cashes in. Um, that works. That works too. Although, um, I don't know. I kind of like the idea. I, I always harp on about this, but I kind of like the idea of 
the heel champion with the baby face chasing rather than the other way around. So I'd quite like to have the Miz established as champion for Daniel Bryan to chase and that be how he first gets his hands on him as the champion rather than... But then I guess think of the heat the Miz gets for for cashing in on Daniel Bryan once he's beaten one or both of those two for the title. So I can see that way working as well. Thomas says the whole low blow thing is awful. Agreed. Um, Jack says, mind um, no, Jack says they're both okay, but neither will be champion. He's talking about the Iconics, I think. But he said that about Carmella. Oh, they're both better than Carmella, I think. Uh, Matt says no one cares. The main roster is dead. Matt's just a grumpy old man. Um, Jack says, I obviously don't trust Daniel Bryan in a ladder match. I questioned it on Twitter before the match. Yeah, I guess. But there's ways to keep him out of the match. For a start, just don't put him in a qualifier. We'll get to that in a minute because I have things to say about that. Um, and Scott says, aid in English to qualify for the money in the bank match and win it. Yeah, that works. Matt, you may be half my age, which you're not. You're still grumpier and older than I am. You're a grumpy old man. I'm a, I'm a cheerful spring chicken. You're a grumpy old man. You know you're a grumpy old man. Age has nothing to do with it. And um, we then had Cesaro, Ces- I can't see his name, Cesaro uh, defeat Xavier Woods in one of these meaningless TV stories. I don't think he's going anywhere. Unless, I guess, we. I mean, we are getting a tag team money in the bank as well. So I guess both of these teams will be in it as the SmackDown representatives, maybe. And they get to continue a story that way. I don't really, I don't really get why we're trying to turn Cesaro and Sheamus into a comedy act when they're not I guess it's because you've already got a big dominant team on Smackdown in the shape of the Bludgeon Brothers so Cesaro and Sheamus can't do that same role but if that's the case don't move Cesaro and Sheamus to Smackdown you don't, there was no need to, they've this is one of a number of things where they just paint themselves into corners and then you think they must have a plan if they're doing this and then they don't they do a stupid thing and then don't know what to do to get themselves out of the stupid things they have to do more stupid things it's fine that Xavier Woods lose to Cesaro, loses to Cesaro he always should lose to Cesaro he should have lost to Sheamus as well Xavier Woods is basically a manager who wrestles a bit I know he's good in the ring but the way he's been positioned for years in the New Day he's he's a manager who wrestles occasionally whereas Cesaro and Sheamus pre this tag team were both on the cusp of the main event Sheamus is a multi-time world champion Cesaro should be by now and yeah it's fine that Cesaro won can we actually have a proper feud rather than them just trying to beat up the little guy though at least put Big E in these matches so they're competitive or Kofi Kingston um Mandy Rose then defeated Becky Lynch after a whole load of fuss about about absolution being dead or whatever it was I mean why why is what's her name Sonia Deville not allowed to accompany Mandy Rose to the ring when Aiden English is allowed to come with Rusev and the New Day are allowed to come out with Xavier Woods and um Seamus was allowed to come out with Cesaro just because Paige doesn't want him to be in her little group anymore she can't say yeah but you two aren't allowed to be friends Paige is acting like the heel here she's supposed to be the baby face who's come out of this heel faction and she's acting like a heel towards them I, I, I don't understand um, I especially don't understand why Mandy Rose picks up the room Mandy Rose is not ready for the main roster she's I would question whether she'd be ready for TV on NXT. She can't wrestle, and Becky Lynch shouldn't be losing to her ever. And uh, if I was Becky Lynch, oh, goodness me, I'd be looking into I'd be looking into alternative options. If if the only way to be successful in the women's division is to be blonde and have big boobs, Becky Lynch may as well just say, "Well, I'm just a good wrestler. Never mind. I'll go somewhere else." 
because it's just silly. Um, Albert Rowe says, Brian versus Jeff for the US title. I hope not. That would be a waste of time for Daniel Bryan to get involved in. Um, Jack says, oh, Matt says, nothing has anything to do with it in wrestling. Any, I don't know what that means, Matt. Jack says, the bar versus New Day next week. Whoever wins, one member goes into Money in the Bank, I guess. Um, yeah, Tomo, there is going to be a tag team Money in the Bank. They haven't announced it yet, but there will be, because otherwise, why would they be having the tag team promos on Raw last night? They had one from The Ascension. They had one from Breezango. If there's not a tag team Money in the Bank match, what were they about? So there is one. They just haven't announced it. Um Scott says, I'm intrigued as to what they're going to do, have Sanity do when they finally debut on the main roster. No idea. Um, Paige is that friend that if she can't go somewhere, no one else can go and have that fun. Um, <laughs> agreed, Jack. And he also wants to talk about the blur filter on Mandy's entrance. It actually hurt my eyes. The guy on commentary said that it hurt his eyes as well. I don't forget which one it was who said it. But yeah, the whole blur thing was weird. The entrance was weird. I just... I, it, Mandy Rose in general just feels like a throwback to divas and everything that was wrong with women's wrestling for so very long. And that's not just because of how she looks. That's because the only reason she's there is because of how she looks, because she can't wrestle yet. She might be a really good wrestler a year or two down the line, but she wrestles like she's only ever had three matches in her life, which is probably accurate. And she is not fit to lace Becky Lynch's boots. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Matt's saying Becky should go to New Japan. She'd struggle, as as uh, Paul says, because they don't have a women's division. But Ring of Honor, anywhere. Just go on. I don't know. If if she's really in a position now where... She, uh, the only thing in, going in their favour is they do seem to be going somewhere with this whole Becky Lynch thing. They're talking about the fact on commentary that Becky Lynch is having a hard time, which is having a difficult run. So maybe maybe they've got a storyline plan for it. I hate it when they do this. Every now and again, they do decide to put someone on a losing streak for storyline reasons but i don't know maybe she's just going to snap and go heel maybe maybe i don't know but they seem to they seem to be going somewhere with it she's not just a jobber yet but yikes jack says regarding bar versus new day uh, that is happening they announced it i'm not sure what they're doing um oh there you go then um, why are they putting her over in the first place? What, Mandy Rose? Because of the way she looks. It's purely because of how she looks. Um, Jack says either a heel turn or a money in the bank win for Becky. It certainly feels that way, doesn't it? But how... I I hate the way WWE seem to think that we can't remember anything beyond two weeks ago. Because if Becky does win money in the bank now, she's still going to be that one who lost to Mandy Rose clean a couple of weeks ago. How much of a threat is she? Even though we all know she's better than Carmella, and similar to how Charlotte won Money in the Bank, she should just go and take it from Carmella because she's better than her. In story, she's just lost to Mandy Rose, who's the worst women's wrestler on the roster. Um, Right, final match then was Rusev versus Daniel Bryan in the final qualifier of the night for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And we, we basically got I mean, again, it was a pretty good match, similar to the Miz versus Jeff Hardy. When the wrestling is fine, both of them are good. It's going to be a good match. Um, they, I, I wasn't fully engaged in it as I was watching it because I was doing some other stuff as well. So I was only half listening to the commentary and watching the details. But they did seem to be, 
they did seem to remember about halfway through that Daniel Bryan had sore ribs. Now that might have been something they'd they'd started talking about from the start, and I just missed it. But it seemed to be they had quite a strong Daniel Bryan performance, and then at some point he remembered that his ribs hurt. Maybe Rusev did something to hurt him, um, and I just missed it. And then they started talking about Big Cass. And then from the moment they mentioned Big Cass, his ribs really, really hurt. And then he lost clean to Rusev. This is the same Rusev who's just been losing to everybody for ages because they don't know what to do with Rusev. They seem convinced he's now a full-on heel again. They're really trying to push the heel promo with Aiden English beforehand. But he still comes out and says the name of the city. They don't understand. And uh, I I don't understand why Daniel Bryan's losing here. Because if he's gonna lose, I just I just don't understand. It's another one. This is the other example that I wrote down about. They've painted themselves into a corner that there's no easy way out of here, because I can see that they want to push Rusev, so Rusev can't just lose again. But Daniel Bryan shouldn't just be losing to Rusev on TV. But because they've booked the match, one of them has to lose. And they didn't have to book this match. They could have just not given Daniel Bryan a qualifying match for Money in the Bank. They could have had him cut a backstage promo talking about, or an in-ring promo, however you want to do it, talking about the Money in the Bank match that he's going to have. Book him in a triple threat. Have him do a promo in it before the match. Have Big Cass come in, beat the hell out of him. He doesn't even take part in the match and he misses out that way if you don't want him in Money in the Bank. You don't have to book him against Rusev and then have him lose clean to Rusev. As much as I like Rusev, it just doesn't make sense. But they love to paint themselves into these silly little corners to keep us on our toes. Everyone, when they saw this match, would expect a Daniel Bryan win and then they've they've swerved us. Yay for WWE. But now we've seen Daniel Bryan lose clean to a mid-carder. So what does that tell us about Daniel Bryan? If their plan is eventually for him to... If the plan is for him to be in a world title feud by SummerSlam, like we've just been talking about, what else is he doing losing to Rusev clean on TV in May? I don't understand. Um, Robert says, still think they've screwed themselves by the mania swerves. They now don't know what to do in any storyline. They don't. They, they've they've lost their way massively at the moment. Um, Albert says, Rusev should go for the US title. He could be going for the world title now. He's, I mean, he's certainly not in the US title picture for the next six weeks because he's, gonna, he's in the Money in the Bank match. So, presumably, anyone involved in that match isn't going to be involved in mid-card title feuds or tag feuds or anything like that for a little while. The full focus is going to be Money in the Bank, where we all know Rusev's not winning Money in the Bank. So, it's just a waste of waste of six weeks for, for Rusev. Jack says 205 Live was better. I haven't watched it yet. I usually watch that on, Wednesday, on Thursday or Friday. I don't have time to watch it on Wednesdays. Um, but, yeah, it's been getting good recently. So, I'm sure it probably is. He also says Road Dog has no clue what's going on 90% of the time. Indeed. Uh, it's just... The, the the two actual matches that were proper matches. In fact, no, the Cesaro Xavier Woods match was a decent match as well. There was some good wrestling on this show. The two women's matches were frustrating because you had two of the best wrestlers in the company facing two of the worst. So it ended up being two poor matches, even though you had two good wrestlers involved with Charlotte and Becky. If you put them in a match together, it would be a good match. But no one's getting a good match out of Peyton Royce or Mandy Rose. Nobody at all. Um, so they were a bit disappointing. But the other three matches, they were good wrestling matches. But we've been conditioned to not pay attention to the quality of the wrestling and focus on the story. And the story is just a confused mess. And Money in the Bank is muddying the waters even further because 
it's like they want to spend the next six weeks doing a tournament, which is fine if they wanted to do a tournament, but you can't just abandon all story and heel and face dynamics to do that because where does that leave you afterwards? You We come out of Money in the Bank and there's six weeks or eight weeks until SummerSlam and suddenly we've got an entire roster of baby faces. There's like three heels in the entire company. None of them are going to be the champions of anything and there's no storylines running and you've got two months to try and build to your, to what, your third biggest pay-per-view of the year. And it just seems very confused and messy at the moment. I guess Big Cass comes back next week and beats Daniel Bryan up next week when, like I say, could have just done it this week. Or they could have just had Daniel Bryan not cleared to wrestle tonight, have Big Cass beat him up next week. If you want, They're obviously keeping that storyline going. That's why they're keeping Daniel Bryan out of the Money in the Bank match. So there's just, oh, there's just better ways to do it. Oh, so frustrating. Uh, Robert, I did see how low the Raw ratings were as well. And fair enough, people are turning off because Backlash was the worst pay-per-view in a long time. Um, and Albert says SmackDown has gone up a whole new level of bleep. Agreed. Right, we are going to leave things there because I've already done a couple of long episodes so far this week and ranting and I, I want to find some positivity from somewhere and I'm not going to find it in this episode of SmackDown. So if you have enjoyed this uh, this podcast slash episode, please make sure you leave a nice big thumbs up if you're on YouTube or if you're over on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a review telling me what you enjoyed about it. You don't have to do the review, just the rating is fine. Although if you want to do a review as well, it all helps. And I will be back at the latest on Tuesday for my Raw review, but if anything exciting happens in the meantime, I might just pop in and say hello for that. But for now, toodle pip, everybody, and I will see you again very, very soon.